there's a lot of quote unquote competition. You don't really believe in competition, but there's a lot of people who are trying to figure out, who are trying to find therapy. There's a mm-hmm. lot of coaches, consultants, service providers, brands who are trying to connect with who are my people in the marketplace. And the only way you are going to find your people or your people are going to find you is if you share your story because it's the thing that's going to connect. Welcome to Wildly Aligned Marketing. I want you to be seen and heard by the people who need your message and services most, but I know that seems easier said than done because there's a lot of noise online. I'm your host, Natalie Blenkush. I built my business back in the beginning of 2018 and very quickly learned through trial and error that being yourself isn't a cheesy cliche, but actually the key to building a strong, profitable online brand. I'm on a mission to help you own your voice and consistently find and attract the right clients online so you can grow a wildly successful business doing what you love. All right, friend, grab your coffee and notebook and let's dive into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. If you are new around here, welcome. I'm so glad to have you listening and tuning in. This is a really great interview. So you are in for a real treat today. My guest today is Cam Snow. Cam spent three years as the lead copywriter for Scott Oldford, while also writing for other online influencers like Sunny Leonard Doozy, Boss Babe, and ClickFunnels. After helping his clients generate over $10 million in revenue, he realized how to help entrepreneurs tap into their story so they can completely sell out their offers with perfect fit clients. Now he helps coaches, consultants, and strategists build their story economy to scale their content without losing intimacy so they can attract more ideal clients. So in today's conversation, we really dig into the power of storytelling because the reality is that humans are wired for connection. It's literally what we crave. And in order to market yourself online, you really need to lean into forming those deeper connections with the people on the other side of the screen. Because the reality is that even if you don't believe in competition, there are thousands of other people out there doing the same thing or similar things as you, but sharing your story, letting people really connect with who you are is what differentiates you from any other coach or consultant or service provider out there. So in this conversation, Cam shares why storytelling is your biggest marketing superpower. He talks about how to extract your own story so that you can share that with your audience, the truth about being an authority in your industry, and kind of some misconceptions around what that means, uh, how to share stories that involve other people as well. So this is a common question that I've gotten. I really love the advice that Cam shares about this. So if this is something that you've been wondering, if you've been wanting to open up and be more vulnerable with your audience, but that feels a little messy or tricky to navigate because your story involves other people, I want you to listen up because I think this is really going to help you out. So let's jump in. Here is my conversation with Cam. All right. Well, hey, Cam, thank you so much for coming to the show today. I'm very excited to have you here and chat with you. I would love if you would just share a little bit about yourself with my audience, and then we will jump right in. Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to be here, too. Um, about me. So I grew up in a very conservative church, um, which you may be able to relate to. And the way that I grew up, um, I grew up with also, my career was kind of accessible already. My dad worked in politics. And so my first career was actually in politics. And I walked into that career when I was 17. And in 2016, I fell out of that career. 
into internet marketing and discovered that I had a talent and passion for copywriting. And I started working for this dude by the name of Scott Oldford. And I helped his business grow from one, one and a half million to at the end of it, it was a $6 million a year company. It's about 10 million in that three year period that I worked with him. And I mentioned the growing up in church aspect briefly because it's extremely relevant to the work that I do now. And what I do now is after I stopped uh, writing copy for Scott, I went out on my own and had a major personal crisis. And I had always been the guy who helped everyone else speak their message. And when it came time for me to speak my message, I felt like I opened up my mouth to speak and nothing came out. And in a lot of ways, I feel like I had a spiritual panic attack that just lasted for like nine months. And a lot of that was trying to understand what happened. Why did this get so bad? It, within that, my marriage was pretty tense. Um, I got into a porn addiction pretty bad. It had always been there, but it really exploded during that year. And entered recovery for that in 2020, 2021, was kind of looking at that whole situation and asking, why did that all happen? And I share that because the work of what I do now is I help entrepreneurs tell their stories, extract that story with and for them, and put it into a marketing system using my copywriting skill sets, as well as really understanding that the environment that I grew up in and how I learned how to be as a person really influenced how I chose my career and how my gifts have shown up in the world. Um, and I'm sure we'll get more into the stories there, all the juicy pieces, because um, there's a lot to share. Um, but that is essentially what I do now. And my heart is to love people the way that Jesus intends and to help entrepreneurs share their most authentic story so they can be in alignment with their business and pursue the calling that God has on their life. Yeah, my gosh, I, I resonate with so much of what you just shared. And also, um, you know, as I've been following you and seeing you share snippets of your own story, like I feel like there's just so many similarities, which is why I was so excited to get you on the show. Um, and, you know, that piece that you mentioned very briefly about growing up in church, um, I can absolutely relate. And I'm excited for us to kind of dig into that a little bit more because it's, it's something that, um, you know, looking specifically in the setting of business, I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs who don't make that connection enough. Like there's, there's all these past chapters of our lives where we feel like we need to act a certain way, or we put on like this facade. And even though it's, it's done, like you could think back to middle school or high school or, you know, like really old chapters of your life mm -hmm. where if you haven't really processed through that stuff, like that stuff still comes up now. And it's also impactful for like, when you do process that it just helps you 100%. connect so much more because then you are able to, um, really break through that. So tell me a little bit more about, about how you made that connection. I would love just to hear kind of how that evolved mm. into storytelling and how you support, um, entrepreneurs through marketing, uh, yeah. storytelling with their marketing. Great question. It actually started for me kind of in reverse hmm. because I was the copywriter for Scott Oldford. 
And then as we grew, I became the copy coach. And then I did a stint as the marketing director. And we had a small team. So I kind of wore all the hats in the marketing department at one point or another. And about half of my job for most of the time I was there was being a copy coach, which is a lot of what I do now. And what I found is that when I would be writing copy with someone, um, I would identify something off. So for example, somebody would bring a Facebook ad to me and be like, hey, the ad's not converting. I'm not really sure what's going on. Can you tell me what you see? And I remember going into, this is actually a specific story. I remember going into this Facebook ad and looking at the copy and then looking at the person on the screen in front of me and just being like, there's just such a mismatch between what I'm feeling from this person as this human being and what is being expressed in this ad. And we just dig and be like, why does this really matter to you? Why does you know promoting this product or service or lead magnet really matter? And I would find that within just a few minutes, the conversation would get deep into those, into the deeper stories of their life. And so I found doing that enough times, I was like, oh, this is like a thing. This is like the thing for everyone where this is the thing that you're trying to do now is always connected to some deeper story. So when I got out on my own, I was immediately on the train of like, what's my story? How does my story relate to the thing that I do? And it drove me insane because I couldn't find anybody who could do for me what I could do for other people. And I was super frustrated about that. And I didn't know how to apply my own medicine to me. So kind of fast forward to like last year, I started working with some coaches who helped me to begin to understand what it meant to apply it to me. And that's really when things, like I had figured out that, oh, I'm good at this. This is the story piece and helping people make this connection. This is really something that God has given me that is somewhat rare. And I have to go in this direction. I don't have a choice to not go in this direction. And then being able to apply it to myself, where at this point I've spent well over six figures on understanding my story and how it relates to what I do now. Um, to see all the connections and all the pieces and my understanding of it is so much different than it was when I was coaching people on this stuff. But that North Star of there's always a connection. And when I find that connection, it almost always leads me to the marketable positioning that actually grows the business too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know we were talking a little bit before we hit record and I was telling you how, you know, the, um, the new name of this podcast and how I've, I've shifted and rebranded the podcast. That's a huge reason why I have wildly aligned in the name is because I, I go through kind of a similar digging process with my own clients. And it's, it's so cool to hear you share that because, um, there's just so many different facets of marketing and, I know exactly what you mean. Like you share that and I can picture sessions with my own clients where it's like, okay, they're coming to me with like, this is the problem. And it's very black and white, like this, you know, this problem in my business. And it's like detective work of like peeling back the layers to be like, okay, what's actually the problem here. And when Mm -hmm. you find that piece that needs to click into place, like you shift it, then everything else just flows from there. It's like you find that tension point where 
there is um, some things out of integrity, like some things out of alignment and identifying that thing just has, has such a huge impact. Um, I also love how you kind of touched on the frustration of not being able to find your story, express your story, share your message. Um, I would love for you to speak on that a little bit more. Yeah, it's a real pain. <laughs> it's, um, and I'll speak from my experience, because um, I think this translates to every entrepreneur, especially being a marketer and understanding the importance of story. And then being even further into it with kind of specializing in that area, knowing how much it moved the needle, both internally and in how you showed up and in your state of being, as well as externally and how it showed up in your marketing and grew your business. And knowing that that was available and feeling like I was just staring at a wall in terms of accessing it was legitimately like some of the most profound personal pain that I think I've experienced because I felt like no matter without that clarity I felt like no matter what I sold or what message I was speaking or what I was saying in my content it didn't quite feel like it was me didn't feel quite like it was coming from that real place of like this is why God sent me to do the thing here and a nagging question was always in my mind of am I even doing the right thing and is this even worth it if it's not the right thing? And then, of course, there's a question beyond that of even if it is the right thing, is it still worth it? Um, because it doesn't seem to be working. And understanding that for, for me and this is kind of the process for how it works in entrepreneurship, that wall that I felt of like, I can't access my own story, that wall is made of bricks of emotion. <laughs> And those bricks have to be dismantled. And it doesn't mean that it has to be like taken one down one at a time. You can take a wrecking ball and blow through that, that wall. It's just, <laughs> there's cleanup afterwards. And it can take a process of integration to, to break through a wall of anger or a wall of resentment or a wall of typically, honestly, it's a wall of grief. There's a wall of some kind of conflicted emotion that is the thing that you feel when you're like, I feel disconnected from my story, feel disconnected from me, from my audience. And when you don't have your story and there's that conflict within yourself, it's harder to connect with your audience. It's harder to connect with potential clients. And it's not to say it's impossible because there are many, many people who just shut off that part of themselves. And then they step into a hundred percent business and you can grow a successful business that way. But it doesn't make for a fully aligned business that grows your whole life holistically you'll find you can grow a successful business by cutting off that emotional side of you and honestly a lot of the work that i do with people is people in that 100 business mindset you're like mm -hmm. hey we, there's actually the reason that other parts that you've hit this plateau or the other parts of your life aren't working is because like you've sealed off all of the gold in your vault it's locked and we have to be able to access that if you want to get to the next level. So it's a really, I think every entrepreneur goes through it. And the interesting thing is that I've, I thought that it was a thing that happened at a certain stage. And I don't think that's true. I think it happens in levels. And you can, I've worked with 
entrepreneurs running a $10 million business who had just some crazy, th this same issue. Because it's not something that necessarily goes away per se. You just change your relationship to it. And then you get practiced at doing the work on it yourself. Um, and then there is like a, a connection point for like, okay, what does that have to do with my business, my marketing and understanding how those things connect is really where a lot of the value is. Cause you can do a lot of the personal work, but if you don't understand how to connect it to your business, you can actually end up more frustrated. Cause you're like, I feel really good. I feel so much better about my life, but my business hasn't moved. And that can create its own kind of incongruency. Mm, that's such a good point. I love that you said that because it is, it's like, I think people, people can often get stuck in one or the other, like they're mm -hmm. really diving into the personal development, but then it's like, how do I relate this to my business? Okay. Or they're really diving into the business side of things. You know, they can be on either side of that where there's not that, um, there's not that connection, like, yes. because they are absolutely related and mm -hmm. like, there is no way to separate life and business, honestly. I mean, there's there's boundaries for sure, but as far as like the the emotion side of it, um, and I love that visual that you gave of the bricks where it is like dismantling, taking down one thing at a time. And I've I've heard people say how being an entrepreneur, being in business is like personal development with a paycheck. And I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> it totally is. <laughs> because it forces you to do the work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, you are going to, like you said, get to a plateau um, or you're, you're going to, even if you, you scale to whatever, like you hit your goal, there's that disconnect. And I feel like so many people get into entrepreneurship because they want that sense of, like you said earlier, like, this is what God put me on this planet to do. And I feel like I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And like, it feels so good to feel that, um, that joy and contentment with where you are, but when you are disconnected, you're, you're not going to get that feeling, um, mm -hmm. which of course causes frustration because it's that thing that you're, you're, you know, putting your sense of purpose and like, I'm going to feel fulfilled when I get to this place, but then you get there and you don't feel that because there is that disconnect. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, something that I've seen, and I have personally felt frustrated for clients when I see them doing this is this disconnect of people talk about like, show your expertise, be an authority, right? And so I'll see women showing up from this place of like, I'm sharing my expertise and I'm sharing my knowledge and I'm proving that I know X, Y, Z about what I'm doing. But there's this felt disconnect that I'm sure they feel too. And I know they do, but even from the audience standpoint, it's like, you can look at their stuff and it's like, yeah, that's awesome. But I don't feel like I really know you. And it's something yeah. that is, um, you know, like I said, from the coach perspective, I see that and I'm like, oh, like, <laughs> mm -hmm. like you have to let people in and it's understandable why that, happens is because it's like, there's this feeling of safety where I'm distancing myself from my business. And so I don't have to be vulnerable. Like I don't have to show who I really am, even though I yes. say I want to be authentic, right? Because I really believe that authenticity is such a buzzword. Like people talk about it a lot, but I don't see as many people actually doing it. And it's, I feel like it's because of this is like, that requires you to be vulnerable and to like show first of all, get in touch with who are you really, 
like get in touch with that side of yourself and the, the emotions that come up or whatever it is, but then share that with people. And that's like the, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like it sounds great to be authentic in theory. (laughs) And like we, you know, it's the the idea. Right. Like I like the idea for other people. Like that's great for you. And we even say like that we want to do that for ourselves, but then, you know, we come, we come up to these points where we feel the resistance because it's like, oh my gosh, (laughs) you know, I have to share that. And I've seen both you and your wife, Carla share some really, you know, personal vulnerable stories and my goodness, like what a ripple, um, ripple effect it creates when you do that. But it's like mm-hmm. that wrestling behind the scenes is something fierce. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. There's a couple of things there that I think are really powerful. You know, the whole leaning into authority thing is you can actually feed the belief that I'm not enough by only posting about your authority, mm. which is, looks the exact opposite, but the whole thing about vulnerability and showing who you really are the opposite of that is authority because authority is a very like strong kind of guarded positioning where it's like, Hey, I can get you the result that you're looking for. Follow me. Look at all my case studies. Look at what I know. And, and <clears throat> don't look at me as someone who potentially has a lot of skeletons in the closet or who has any kind of like human weakness because like people don't want weakness. And that is a huge, huge misconception that is birthed from uh, some kind of pain that we experience that vulnerability equals weakness. And, and that's not true. Um, and nor is it, nor is it even true that weakness is a bad thing. That's a whole other like biblical discussion. Um, but <laughs> that idea of like vulnerability showing, you know, who you really are, like you made reference to like some of the stories that Carl and I have shared and it seems appropriate to share some of that is last June. So I entered a 12 step program for porn addiction in April, 2020. And I was living in a separate room. I would have been kicked out of the house, um, except it was COVID and there was nowhere to go. So I moved into the guest room and then Carla left and went to a friend's house for maybe a week or so. And during that time I had space to think of like, okay, this has been going on for half of my life actually more than half of my life, what's going on? Like something needs to change. That's when I entered a 12-step program. And to this day, would still recommend it for anybody, especially in the church, who is struggling with that. And about a year and change later, um, through many ups and downs in that process, it's June 2021. And my my coach at the time was like hey you're talking about teaching story like share a little bit more of yours and I just walked away from that conversation it was like okay I know what I need I know what I need to talk about Hmm. the thing I don't want to talk about and I went I went live on Facebook and talked about like hey like this is my story of addiction and that was a huge pivotal moment for me of, I had, I had talked about story before I had shared things about my life, but I don't think I would have shared anything that was dangerous or there was like a risk for me or a perceived risk. Was there an actual risk? No, not really. (laughs) 
because really I was just making a decision about how I want to be in the world. And that story of just being like, hey, like, not only did this thing happen to me, happen to me seems kind of fix me language, like, not only was this thing present in my life, but I've also found that a lot of why it was present was because I grew up with this sense that God didn't like me. And there was a sense of who I need to be and how I need to show up in order to get love from God. And that produced in me this thing where I was just like, well, I have to be this way. And all the parts of me that were pushing at the edges of the boundaries that I created for myself had to go somewhere. And so it went into that. And what I learned from that experience is that God created your being to be expressed. There are appropriate ways to do it. There are inappropriate ways to do it. Like being self-expressed doesn't mean you stand up in church and start screaming. But there's a process that God made. He made us with this process. He spoke and then we came. And we have a similar process of creation, of expression that turns into creation. And if we don't express what he's given us to express and create what he's given us to create, that energy will find a dip, will find a way to speak in your life whether it's addiction, whether it was porn for me, which also, it wasn't just porn. It was porn was like the thing, but then it was alcohol and then it was weed and then it was caffeine, it was sugar. And it was like all the other coping mechanisms to just kind of numb out so much of my life to, to dim that the pain of an energy that needed to be expressed in a healthy way that wasn't being expressed. And I didn't even know how to express. It was just like this chaos inside. So all that to say, there are multiple benefits to sharing vulnerably and part of it is opening up like your heart for people to see hey this is who this is who I am if you don't want this then you don't have to have it but if you're one of my people then this is your chance to see that that that's true that I'm here and the context of that we talked about authority like the appropriate positioning of authority is within that context you have to have both because if you have only one or the other just the head and or just the heart but not both you can actually lead people astray by being so vulnerable that you've never talked about your authority which has been a struggle for me because I tend to lean towards the vulnerable things and talking about authority can actually you need that balance in your life and in your business Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that you touched on the balance piece because I'm the same way. I definitely lean towards the vulnerability where I think back to, um, past seasons of my business. I did so much of that and I got tons of people connecting with me. And honestly, a lot of my current clients are women that I, you know, connected with, um, in that way before, but it was that out of balance where it was so much just like, Hey, I'm just here to connect with you. I'm being real but then I wasn't leading them to like, here's how you can work with me. And um, kind of what you address too, is just being able to receive. And so part of that is like, yeah, you need to talk about, Hey, here's how I can help you so that people know, and you can receive that, but then also the emotional piece. And, you know, you talked about like porn addiction, but then it was also alcohol and weed and sugar and caffeine, like all the things that, by digging into that stuff, that was opening up you to be able mm-hmm. to receive. And that's such a huge part of it too. Yeah. Um, so those things take up space. Yeah. Um, to get the things that you know you want in your life that are in your vision for your life, mm-hmm. there has to be space for you to receive them. 
And if you have all this other stuff, all this conflict, all this emotion, all of this baggage clouding up your receiving container, mm-hmm. it's very hard to get it. And if you do get the thing, um, which again, the vulnerability train, like I got everything that I wanted <clears throat> within like a few months. Um, we had the best month in our business. We had a $60,000 cash collected month. And then we had a daughter (laughs) we adopted um like and then we moved to nashville and it was like everything changed and that was really hard Mm -hmm. it was really hard it's the other side of that kind of like explosion was like whoa okay lord too much i've had enough receiving like let me just slow slow this down i can't handle it and that led me to just like almost putting the brakes on it felt like just waiting through peanut butter for mm-hmm. several months um business slowed down almost to a halt um and a lot of transition transition takes a lot longer than you think it does um but i do think that part of it was kind of energetically saying like no no more like i can't handle this and yeah that's that's a piece that is so important uh, to understand. And I've learned now, um, and I mean now as in like very recently, like the last week, to not judge it Mm. and to not be like, oh, like you should have been more open to receiving and like whatever it was. It's like, you know, it's okay. Like we learned something. We learned a lot. So many things. Yeah. There's a lot to be, there's a whole series of podcast episodes about the concept of receiving right right totally that could like each of, I feel like each of these things that we've addressed could be a, a whole conversation in itself um but yeah that receiving piece it's like think about and I'm sure everyone listening can relate to moments where you feel frustrated like why am I not I want to sign xyz clients like you opened up a certain amount of spots and you want to fill it and you're feeling frustrated Mm-hmm. Well, not taking the time to step back and be like, okay, how am I not open to receiving right now? Like there's different ways that that could show up, but if you actually hold that space for yourself or have someone else hold that space for you, you'll pretty quickly realize, like be able to pin down, oh, it's this thing. Like maybe I'm just overwhelmed because we just moved or the house is a mess. Like it could be something as simple as that or needing mm-hmm. to um, get stuff organized, you know, whatever it is, like there's there's so many ways. Um, so I think that's so important. Um, I, I wanna kind of backtrack a little bit to something that you said earlier. You talked about the perceived risk of sharing the story. And this just mm-hmm. brought up something for me um, that I'm, I'm really curious to hear your answer. So I am personally digging more into storytelling, like intentionally. Cause I said that I, I naturally already show up in that way where I'm like, I'm real and vulnerable, you know, I'm, I'm happy mm-hmm. to share that stuff. Um, but when I've talked about this with my audience or past clients, um, I've had this question come up a few times where they're like, but how do I navigate the stories that affect other or not affect but um involve other people because it's not like our story is compartmentalized where it's like it's just us and this only happened to us and there's no one that's going to be impacted by me sharing this um because that's something with again like going back to the perceived risk excuse me I think that's that's a huge piece of it it's like but what will other people think specifically people involved in this story somehow yes 
this is this is like the one of the number one thing <laughs> that I probably get asked or encounter. Um, and there's a few answers. One is like logistically, it's like, hey, I have this really crazy story about you know my mom. Um, and maybe you've you didn't have a good relationship with your mom and talking about that and how it affected you growing up or how it affected you now feels like it's going to put the relationship at risk and on one side um you can look at that and be like uh you can tell that story in a way that doesn't seem to um never tell a story from a place of blame is one principle never tell a story from a place of blame if you tell your story and and if you're concerned about it i would tell it to a couple friends or write it out and show it to some people that you trust it would be like yeah it seems like you're blaming your mom and or you're blaming your parents like that that's not good it's not good energy for you or or your mom or your audience that's one thing um but there are cases where it's like you know i can't really tell this story without mentioning their involvement and i'm not telling it from a place of blame what do i do there are times where it's like okay well let's just make sure they're not on your facebook when you post mm. it that yeah. there's a, there's that's okay to do and then there's this other side of it where it's like there's things you can do to like make sure that that family member does see it after i shared the porn story i have a very interesting conversation with my parents yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> because, yeah, because I, you know, I talked about the church and I talked yeah. about growing up in the church and my experience of that. And while Tony Robbins has this uh, concept called effective blame, is this blame effectively? I'm going to blame, you know, the church for like how I was raised and how it messed me up. But I also have to blame the church for how it equipped me with tools in my faith that were so strong that it literally saved my faith in times of crisis. Mm -hmm. And that's a really important perspective to take is like an effective blame. And for someone like me who has a tendency to throw the baby out with the bathwater when I see something and I want to pivot, it's a really important concept to have to constantly remind myself of, of, hey, yes, there are some things here that ultimately really hurt me. And it's not to discount that there are some serious issues here, but there are also things that I got and looking for the gratitude in those things is really important. And then kind of the final piece of that is at some point, you really just have to make a decision about what level of leadership you want to embody. Because not everybody wants to or needs to become the kind of leader who is like sharing all that stuff. Because at the end of the day, it's like, if God is calling me to share this story because I know it's gonna help people, and that's what he's telling me to do, then everything else is irrelevant. And you may have relationships that blow up because of it, and you have to be okay with it. That's mm -hmm. ultimately, that's it. <laughs> it seems sometimes we want to be like, I want to step into this position of being this leader and being a safe place for other people and doing what God has called me to, but I don't want to potentially offend my parents or these relationships or these friends that I grew up with. And at some point you just have to make a decision and mm -hmm. you can do it with grace. You can share your story from a posture of humility, but you can't control how other people can react. And both Carla and I have had interesting conversations with family or friends because of the things that we've talked about publicly. Um, 
And some relationships, yes, have gone in a direction that they would not have gone if we hadn't opened up about the things that we did. And we look at that now and say, like, all right, it was it was time for that relationship to go in that direction. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. It may not always be it may not always feel okay in the moment, but the perspective that you get after being able to see the other impacts that it has is that there there is a spiritual something that happens when you share a story because there is a biblical principle of bringing something into the light and like surrendering it to God. Because when you bring it into the light, you're saying, this isn't mine anymore. It's yours. And I do what you want with it. And whoever is going to see that and react how they do is, is on them. Doesn't mean you don't have a responsibility to do to to take responsibility for what's yours and not put responsibility on someone else for what's theirs. But it's a really important concept to just, at the end of the day, whose story is it really? Mm. Is it yours or is it God's? And what are you going to do with that information? Yeah, I love that because it's just leaning into the obedience. Like, and, and I think about my own journey, life and business stuff. That often for me is the clencher when I'm facing a decision and it's like, okay, at the end of the day, would I be obedient if I moved forward in this way? Like, yes or no. Like it just, I I think it's so helpful to have that as like a filter to make these decisions. Um, And kind of something that you said also brings up for me, this piece of, um, So like kind of getting into how you extract your story, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And the impact that it has, you talked about the power of bringing it into the light because that's huge. And I think about that so much now um, that, you know, we're not meant to like keeping secrets and and keeping stuff hidden away um, is just so detrimental in many ways for us, for other people. Um, especially if it's something like that, where it's like, okay, God is like, he keeps nudging us. He keeps bringing up this story and we're, that's for a reason, like we're meant to share this. Um, and so like, that's huge, but then there's also, um, kind of looking at like the psychology behind it and like the mirror neurons and that I would love if you could speak into that a little bit, because I know I, um, I went through one of your workshops, um, and I'll, we can kind of dig into that a little bit, but, um, I know you talked about like literally like how it's perceived when we share our story. Um, Another objection that I often hear is like, oh, I don't want to make it all about me. But (laughs) what happens when we share our story in other people's brains? Yeah, like just if you're listening to this, just think about even just this episode of like hearing some of our stories and there's a specific feeling inside of you that like when you resonate with something like there's a connection that happens and that there's this thing this uh kind of saying out there in internet marketing or i guess just in marketing of don't share your story share their story aka your audience's story and the idea behind that is like don't make it all about you and don't just talk about yourself, talk about your audience and what their pains are and their aspirations and what they're going through and how you can help them get, get to that thing. That's all true. However, I like to put a spin on a bit of don't share your story, share their story through your story. Hmm. Because your story is 
a really important part of their journey. And if you just want to look at just the state of the industry, um, there's a lot of quote unquote competition. I don't really believe in competition, but there's a lot of people who are trying to figure out, who are trying to find therapy. There's a mm -hmm. lot of coaches, consultants, service providers, brands who are trying to connect with who are my people in the marketplace. And the only way you are going to find your people or your people are going to find you is if you share your story, because it's the thing that's going to connect. Um, my story about, you know, growing up in church is going to resonate with someone in a different way based on whether or not they grew up in church. And there's a whole language that we can speak that is going to be different because of the shared experience. There's going to be a whole different thing that we can talk about of like, how do you go from growing up in church to coming into like very woo-woo circles, some new age stuff and some other um, parts of like secular spirituality, and then come out the other side of that and still have your faith in Jesus. Because there's a whole generation of us who grew up in church who said like, well, this doesn't work and toss it and then go into whatever else there is. And I was one of those people who stood on that line and looked at the other side and was like, hmm, maybe, could that be true and not Jesus? Could that be true and not what I grew up with? And then to come through that process and be like, no, but there is, but it's not this, not entirely, but it is Jesus, but what does that look like? And that, me sharing that story is going to resonate with someone in a different way. So. You mentioned like mirror neurons. There's this, there is a whole psychological process that um, honestly I should really learn more about because like there's this whole thing that happens. The, the thing about mirror neurons from what I remember in my research is that we don't really understand them. We just know that they're kind of there. We kind of know what their function is, um, but there's a, it's a really unexplored part of the nervous system. Um, but that resonant feeling that you get when someone shares their story, like really in marketing language, it's like, oh, they get it, mm -hmm. they get me. And when that happens, what is actually created is that that person who has shared the story becomes a safe place. And so much of what we are doing as humans is we are on the lookout for safe people and safe places. For how mm -hmm. can we just let go of the facade and just be who I really am without fear of being judged. And I think for me as a Christian, there's also an element of that, of how can I create so much safety that somebody can just come into my experience, regardless of what their experience with Christians or the church or Christianity was in the past, where they might've been kicked out of church for being gay, or they might've um, been like excommunicated because there was a, um, a doctrine about marriage and they were like looking to get divorced because it was an abusive marriage and they were like thrown against the wall because the bible says so mm -hmm. and how can i create such safety by sharing my story and be like yeah i love jesus and all of this happened to create a new space it's not just a marketing thing it's just a human thing which really marketing is about building relationships at scale yeah i love that like, I love that. <laughs> I, I feel like we, like we could just stop right there because that's, you know, so many people overcomplicate marketing. It's like the whole point is to connect with people and you, you get so in your head about, well, I'm doing this through a screen. And so how to like, all of a sudden you're thrown into this crisis of 
how do I connect with people? Well, at the end of the day, like you're, you're just connecting with another human. So how would you Mm -hmm. do that normally? And Mm -hmm. even specifically that point that you shared about, um, how we find our people and how our people are drawn to us is through those stories. And my goodness, the amount of clients that I've helped where they're just getting so in their head about like, well, how do I speak to their pain points and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, all these marketing yeah. terms that they hear. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, That's a good discussion. how do you, yeah, we can totally get into that. Like, how do you relate to them? Like you like share a snippet of your story. What does that bring up for you? Like think back to that moment and just like, tell them like, how were you feeling? Yeah. How did that play out for you? Um, I'd love to hear what came up for you with the, the pain yeah. points. The pain points thing is, is man, it's critical. Um, and it's actually interesting because when you asked me about some of my story, like some of this actually came up for me is it's going to be harder for you to connect to the pain points of your avatar. If you are disconnected from your own personal pain, mm. period, it's also going to be harder for you to speak to the aspiration of your ideal client and the outcomes that they want in their life. If you are disconnected from the aspirations that you've achieved or are currently living. And having honesty within yourself about like, this is what hurts even now, because your relationship to the pain changes. But I can go into a space where like, I am back right there. And I, when I do uh, facilitation, I typically start with sharing some of those stories. And I'm amazed at every time I share some of those stories, how I'm like right back there. Mm -hmm. Like this is, but it's not overwhelming like it used to be it used to be a process where it was so so much emotion and so much pain within it that I couldn't even get close to it which is why I was involved in all these activities to try and avoid it so the part about the pain points and like oh I need to speak to their pain points yes you do you do need to speak to their pain points you do need to talk to their aspirations so that they look at you and say, oh, this isn't just someone who's cool. They can help me with this present pain that I'm in. Um, the challenge often becomes connecting your personal pain to theirs and connecting that pain to like the problem in their business. And there's a whole process around that that goes deeper into the psychology of copywriting and, and just the marketing process. But your pain, regardless of what your pain is, has a connection point to theirs because pain is pain. Even if your journey doesn't look anything like theirs, if you're a consultant and not a coach and your story doesn't really look like their story, it's still okay. Because like what you experienced, you're connecting to the human on the other side. So people understand and love you for who you are and they love what you can do for them in their business. It's both. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, again, like, it's just coming down to that connection piece, like not overthinking it. I even hear a lot of women, which I always challenge them on (laughs) when they're like resistant to this idea of like, well, I don't want to speak to the pain. I don't want to like seem negative. And I'm like, that's not a negative thing. It's just the reality of that's what we respond to. Like, and Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not going to get the phrasing right, but I, I know that I've heard just this general sense of like, as far as investing in things, or even just, I think, reaction in general like we respond more to alleviating pain versus like speaking to a good thing like a desire is is totally. 
And I don't totally understand that. And maybe, you know, a little bit more about that, but like, I've heard that enough where to me, it's concrete in my head, but I still get a lot of resistance where they're like, well, I don't want to be super negative by speaking Mm -hmm. to the pain. I'm like, it doesn't mean you have to depress them, but (laughs) it means just connect with them. Like make it clear that like, Hey, I went through this and I get it. Like it's, it, the visual that it gives me is just leveling with them. Like you talk, mm-hmm. when you were talking about authority before that word and that feeling that it creates is like, I'm up here and I am untouchable and I can do no wrong. Like, it's just this very cold, disconnected feeling yeah. of like, and you are down there <laughs> Let me like right. bestow my wisdom on you versus yeah. like, Hey, I'm right here, like leveled with you. And like, I get it. Like, and I want to help you. It's, it's a totally different feeling that it creates massively massively different feeling and you know interesting thing about pain and you know the outcome that you're looking for is that sometimes we think that pain means we need to go into kind of these worst case scenarios mm-hmm. um so if i'm a business coach helping helping my clients maybe i want to write my copy of like you know it's hard to like pay your bills and you're struggling with like paying rent and like we go into these worst case scenarios and honestly for a lot of premium clients who are um more sophisticated the pain is actually the frustration that's created between the gap of where they are and their aspiration and it's not so much like my life sucks and i can't pay my rent oftentimes a lot of people i work with are actually making good money and they're in this space where they're like is this it or that's the thing I want and I'm going to get to it. And that gap in my inability to close that gap on my own and not having the aspiration is actually the thing causing more pain. And it's much more aspirational focused than it is pain focused. It's still there, but your relationship to it is different. Mm, yeah, that's such a great point. And there's definitely the nuances there of like, you know, depending on yeah, what you're doing specifically, what stage you're at, who you're targeting, like who you're speaking to. Are you speaking more to the aspirational side, what they desire, the outcome that they want, or is it more so the struggle? Like there's definitely nuances with that. Um, So I'm really glad you brought up that point. I would love to jump into kind of this point of extracting your story a little bit. I would Mm -hmm. love to hear if you have any like tangible steps that could help women get started with how to dig into this. And I know Mm -hmm. that, um, like I referenced earlier, I went through a workshop of yours and I understand that this is like a slightly different process. Um, the workshop that I went through was just very tangible, like how to, um, find a story, I guess. I don't know. I'd love to hear a little bit of explanation of that. Yes, for extraction. Yeah. And yeah, what you're referencing is in that workshop, what I had people do is um, grab something off of their desk. I've got a marker here and then take five minutes or so and um, introduce themselves using that object. And your question before we started this was like, what's that all about? (laughs) Like why? Um, And that's just one exercise that we do. Um, And it gets into the larger purpose of story extraction. So there are multiple purposes. One is the end result that I'm looking for. What is the narrative that's going to live in my email sequence, in my Facebook posts, on my sales page that is going to be presented to the end user? And they're going to read that, they're going to consume it on video, and they're going to ultimately want to buy something from me. Maybe get on a sales call and do it that way. 
And that's the end result. I'm looking for that thing. Within that process to get to that, there is a whole lot of story we have to work through. And story doesn't just mean the events of your life that you are now telling your audience of like, hey, this is what happened to me. This is what it meant. Stories are also the things that we make mean about ourselves and our lives and how we interpret events. And those stories that we have about ourselves become our patterns. And so understanding what the pattern is of your life and how you do things can inform what your story is. So we can take an object off of your desk and we can look at introducing yourself with it. And then we can look at that whole experience of like, what was it like when I told you to pick up that marker? What was it like when I told you to introduce yourself? Like what came up for you emotionally? What actually happened in that process? And dissecting that little moment, we can get a microcosm of the pattern of your life for how you make decisions and how you do things. And understanding the pattern gives us one piece of the puzzle to understand, well, what's the story of your life? So this is how you do things. Well, why did you do that? Well, I picked up the green marker and I said, hey, my name is Cam and I'm a copywriter. It's like, well, why did you say I'm a copywriter? It's like, well, you know, I was afraid that nobody would know what a story extraction expert is. So I said, I'm a copywriter. I just wasn't sure that I would be understood. And I'm afraid of being misunderstood. And go down this rabbit hole to understand like, okay, these are the things that showed up. How are the, How is that connected to story? Okay, well, why are you afraid of being misunderstood? Well, because there's this story of this thing that happened. And that's, it's one piece of the larger puzzle for how we can understand like, what is the story of your life? So that when you tell that story that shows up in your sales page, it's actually connected to you. It's not just some cool thing that we picked out like, oh, okay, look, you used to work in politics. Let's write a narrative about your political days and how, and you should go and do an offer about helping political operatives. In which case that sounds to me like running fingers on a chalkboard. Like I would never, ever want to do that. But a lot of marketers will go in that direction. That's how they build offers and they build story is like, mm -hmm. oh, this seems to make sense. As opposed to, well, what's actually going on? What's the pattern of your life? What's Because the pattern of your life is your superpower, but it's also your kryptonite. It's usually the thing keeping us stuck and the things that actually show up in the fulfillment of like how I work with people. It's like, yeah, let's look at your stories. We can put it in your marketing, but we also need to know how you're going to interact with this process so that we can help you rewire it to actually get the result you want. So I would say tangible things that someone who's listening could do right now is I wouldn't necessarily have you go and introduce yourself to yourself with a marker because um, that's really a group dynamic that's necessary for that thing to come through. Um, but there is a, a framework. Um, it, there's a framework that I call the story economy, which is the seven stories that you can use to um, fill up your programs. And I can give Blake, you can put it in the show notes and whatnot. Um, and that'll give you an overview of what the framework is. As for how you arrive there, there's this thing that ties all those stories together. It's called the medicine. And I have a little exercise called the medicine you give. And for this purpose, a, a solid prompt that will give you plenty of actionable things is what is the emotional outcome that I want my clients to walk away with after they work with me? If you don't have clients right now, it's simply what's the emotional outcome? What, what feeling do I want people to know me for? 
what's that emotional piece? And that is one half of kind of the story process in a very, very, very simplistic way. And just journaling through that and asking yourself, what's the emotional outcome? Why does that matter? Well, why does that matter? Well, why does that matter? Um, at some point, if you are able to be honest enough with yourself, and typically you might need somebody to just help you through this, which is why I do what I do, is you'll arrive at some kind of a story. Well, I want people to feel like they can express themselves. Why? Because I never felt like I could. Because I grew up in a church where blah, blah, blah. Or I grew up with this environment where when my mom um, got sick when I was eight, it made me feel like I had to do these things, blah, blah, blah. Those are the things that show up when you start down that process. And welcome them. Don't run from them because that's where all the goal does. That's where all the good stuff is. It's just in order. Joseph Conrad, who wrote Heart of Darkness, said, um, the cave that you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek. Mm. And that is essentially the summary of the whole process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Like really kind of boiling it down into the process and how um, anyone listening can get started. I, I love what you said about just like digging into like how you go through that. Right. So like you start with how do you want people to feel and then just like backtrack from there and look at why is that so important to you? Thinking about times when you felt like that, um, because it, I was even just listening to a podcast this morning where it was making a very similar point of like what you give to your clients is what you want people to give to you. And it just being able to identify that is, is really huge. Yes. Um, so yes. we will. And what you crave from yourself. And that's yeah. actually the bigger piece of it is the medicine you give is what you crave for yourself. If you don't give your medicine to you, you can't go very far. Right. Because that is the thing that you need. You mm -hmm. need that thing. So for me, um, when my life is off, it's because I am not expressing myself emotionally. Mm -hmm. I'm going into some pattern of suppression because my core thing, my core thing that I need my medicine for is expression. And mm -hmm. if I'm not taking care of myself in that way and I'm telling myself I'm too busy or I'm doing whatever, I'm energetically telling myself that I don't deserve that thing. And that will handicap your business faster than you know, anything else, just Facebook banning your accounts, you know, with the internet shutting off tomorrow, yeah. a pandemic <laughs> happening, like that, it all pales in comparison to you taking yourself out of the game. And I only speak that way because I am an expert at that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's that congruency piece. Like, okay, you're talking the talk, but are you walking the walk? Like, are you doing the thing that you help people with? Are you actually struggling with that? And that's totally. where we feel, we feel out of integrity. Like it feels really icky to be in that place. And I, I'm an expert at that too. Like getting yep. to that place where it's like, oh my gosh, okay. I need to just take a step back and like deal with this thing and, and give myself what I give other people. And then, then I feel an integrity and then I can move forward. And then I'm open to receiving and like all the other stuff that we've talked about in this conversation, mm -hmm. like that's really what it comes down to. Um, so if 
If you had to leave listeners with one thing, I know we covered so much in this conversation. What would be that one thing that you want people to take away from this conversation today? That the depth of the story that you tell is going to determine the the depth of your business and personal success. And what I mean by that is to have a balanced vision of pursuing the vision, the the calling that God has on your life. Um, and everybody does have a calling of some kind. It's of whether or not you accept that calling or choose to hear it. Um, that thing is never about strategy because the strategy is an empty container, like this water bottle that I'm holding that podcast listeners can't see. It's a water, it's a giant one. And the water bottle is the strategy. And oftentimes we think that what we need to get the result of feeling refreshed and hydrated is a better water bottle or a different looking water bottle, one with fancy gadgets. But it doesn't matter if the water inside is gross or salt water. You have to purify the water. And that's like the story. And the story is just a metaphor here for you. You are expressed through the story. And allowing yourself to be fully expressed in a way that aligns with your market um, is far more important than whether or not you run a five-day challenge or do an email launch. Those things are important. They matter. There are strategic questions that you need to address, but it is step two of the process. And step one is who am I being? Who am I being in this process and what am I expressing in that? Mm, That's so good. Yeah. And it's, you know, something that I say a lot is there's so many strategies out there. Like there is never a magical strategy that's going to just like catapult you into success because every strategy works. It's just the reality. But it's like you said, if, if step number one is missing and you're not looking at who are you, who are you being, then no strategy is going to work. So, you know, like, and And then it's second guess every strategy that you do pick. Right. Right. Exactly. Which is just a whole other cycle of frustration. Um, Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Cam, for this conversation. I think this is one of my favorite interviews ever. (laughs) I can very confidently say that this is just the stuff that I love to jam on. Um, I would love if you could share where listeners can connect with you and get into your world. Yeah. Um, First of all, if you're on Facebook, it's just facebook.com slash Cameron Dostow. It's my creators profile facebook just changed it from like friends to creators okay cool um we do have a facebook group um the story economy and um that bit.ly slash story economy group and you can get into the email list through the group or by downloading our guide on the seven stories um to grow your business and that's bit.ly slash story economy guide um but i spend a lot, lot of time now on email and uh, social would be secondary, but probably most of my focus at this point is on my email list. And it's more fun. Yeah. That's not to say there's not lots of good stuff on the social channels. Yeah. I mean, I have Instagram, but nobody, I don't. I've always aspired to be an Instagram person. I, maybe one day I'm, I'm not there yet. Yeah. Um, Carla's an Instagram person, but the difference is I think about text 
and then I think about a picture and mm. Instagram people think about the picture and then what am I going to say about the picture and I don't think that way so yeah that's such a good point I'm I'm yep. the same way so yeah Awesome. Well, I will drop all those links in the show notes so that everyone can head on over and get connected with you wherever that works. Um, thank you again so much for this conversation. It was really great. Yep. You got it. Thanks so much for listening today. If you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a future episode and leave a review if you haven't already. I love hearing your takeaways and how this podcast has impacted you and your business. If you're not already in our private Facebook community, love to have you join. Head on over to Facebook and search the Wildly Aligned Marketing Group, or you can head to the show description and you'll find the link as well. I would love for you to pop in there, introduce yourself and get to know you a little bit more. All right, that's it for today. I will see you on the next episode.